This is the Tome of All Dooms for Friday, June 6, 2019, and this is a call-in show. Being basically a review show, Tome of All Dooms doesn't get a ton of call-ins, but I did have a few, and I figured I'd share them. Hey, this is Ray Otis from Plundergrounds. Cool review of Blood and Snow. That was one of the first things I picked up after picking up Index Card RPG. A great bit of source material, cool counters, cool maps. Reminds me of Clark Ashton Smith's Hyperborea cycle. And I appreciated your reviewing it. So keep it going, man. And remember to flick that switch that allows your podcast to be heard everywhere, not just on Anchor. And uh, keep it up. All right. Get going. Thanks for the kind words, Ray. I really appreciate it. Um, I had actually missed Clark Ashton Smith. I had certainly read some Howard and some Lovecraft, but I had never really looked at his stuff until your, your episode on Foundational Fantasy, where you added Zathik, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, I am having kind of a hard time coming up with a like a collected works of Hyperborea uh, stories. It seems that it's out of print, but I'm going to keep searching. If you know of anything, please let me know. I'd appreciate it. Hi, Jeff. Uh, thanks for your words of encouragement. Um, I've been enjoying the Tome of All Dooms, and... Uh, I, in fact, I purchased a copy of Blood and Snow on the strength of your overview, and uh, I'd also intended to give you a call regarding uh, your anxiety episode. But uh, ironically, I ended up overthinking my response, and subsequently, it didn't happen. Um, I have found mindfulness to be uh, extremely effective, uh, but like you, I don't practice it. Seems old habits do die hard. So that was Free Thrall of the Keep Off the Borderlands podcast, which you should definitely check out if you haven't. Uh, I appreciate the kind words about the Blood and Snow review. Um, I also got a few messages about anxiety. A couple of them I'm going to keep private. Um, but let's just say that Lots of folks, uh, especially older folks in the RPG community, have a lot of anxiety, and I don't think any of us have solved it, uh, but we keep trying, and that's what counts. So if you ever think that you're alone in having your anxiety or a depression or stuff like that, please reach out, um, because there's plenty of folks out here who have gone through it or are going through it and deal with it on a daily basis, and uh, you're not alone. Hello, Jeff. James here. I was listening to your podcast on Spirit of the Century, and that's one I've been wanting to add to my collection for a while, though I've been searching for the elusive hardcover version as I hate softcover books with a passion. But I was wondering, I didn't, uh, if, I, if you mentioned it in the podcast, I, uh, I've forgotten it now, but have you had a look at Young Centurions? It's, you know, Spirit of the Century with the uh, Fate Accelerated uh, rules set, and um, that's what I'm using when I'm running a, a Centurion type of game. 
Uh, it worked really well in the last uh, game I ran. We did kind of... Uh, I had a very short amount of time to uh, sell it to my players, but we had uh, a lot of fun, and uh, it was utterly hilarious. So, yeah, let me know. So that was James over at Those Feckin' Books, which is a great podcast, rapidly becoming one of my favorites, because I think uh, he and I share a lot of uh, similar views on narrative storytelling in role-playing games. So it's really cool to listen to somebody and find somebody out in the potosphere that uh, you can connect with. Uh, as for Young Centurions, I actually have the book uh, sitting on my shelf. Um, I picked it up because uh, Evil Hat is having a um, liquidation sale on a lot of their stuff that they have warehoused, and Young Centurions happens to be one of those books, and it was only $10 in hardcover, so I picked up a copy. I have not really plowed through it and, and read it all. I did briefly glance at it when I got it. Um, I had originally gotten into Fate, but I had kind of discounted Fate Accelerated because coming from a Spirit of the Century background, I kind of wanted those crunchy skill trees rather than the approaches because I thought they, they told me as a GM more about what the players actually wanted to do. Um, but I've been out of running Fate for a little while now and going back and revisiting it. And I'm thinking that Fate Accelerated and Young Centurions might might be a really great uh, thing to run. Um, I think I may have to uh, rescind my old views and look at it afresh. And uh, yeah, I think it could be very, very cool. So thanks for the suggestion. And I will definitely take another look. Hey man, this is Cody with the No Safe For You podcast. I'm uh, just calling to let you know I'm thoroughly enjoying the show. I think you do a fantastic job with reviews. And I actually had a request. I'm looking at Blades and Black Magic. Um, I haven't picked it up yet, and I'm a little on the fence. It's hard to find some, some um, objective reviews of it. So I'd wonder if uh, you would consider doing that um, one maybe next or upcoming in the in the future. All right, bud. Take it easy. Catch you later. Hey, Cody. Thanks for the kind words. Um, I had never heard of Blades and Black Magic before you pointed me, pointed it out to me. Um, I finally, after a few minutes of Googling, found it on Lulu. Appears uh, it's by C.R. Brandon, and it's a release this year. And it's so cool to find a new game that I've never heard of. And I just wanted to say thank you for pointing it out. And I will definitely put it on the list for review. After your review of the game Monsters and Other Childish Things, I thought that I would send you a message about how much I loved playing it. This is your wife, Liren, from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. And, um, you know, we played the, I mean, it's been years ago, it was when it first came out, we went to Dragon Con, and the guy who wrote it was the guy who ran it. And... I just remember, you know, I had played a handful of games. I think I went to a conference with you a little bit earlier in the year that was one of the smaller indie ones up in New Jersey. And I had played a couple games and I, you know, I've only ever played one game that I didn't outright enjoy. And the only reason I didn't outright enjoy that one was because it's just a genre that I didn't have much knowledge of. It was called A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. And I absolutely loved playing in it. 
for the contribution of the other players, but I just felt completely out of my league playing in that game. So it wasn't that it's not a great game. It's just that it, it's, it was about, you know, you had to put together story elements and tell a story. And that's just not a, a, a theme that I'm very familiar with. So I felt totally out of my depth. But in Monsters and Other Childish Things, I just, you know, the humor in it just cracks me up, first of all. So um, it's not mean humor, but it's really funny. And, you know, some of the ironic things, I don't know, I just found myself kind of giggling through the whole thing. And because we had so many players that one person was the child and the other person was the child's monster, you know, I, I don't, that was just so much fun. And I can't remember if Jeff played the child and I played the monster or the other way around, but we played as a team. I mean, goodness, it's been so many years ago, but it really stuck in my head just how much fun it was and, um, and, and how the other people who were playing in the game drove the story so much, but the framework was there. And the guy who wrote it, uh, he just was, you know, when I played Ganakagak with Bill White, uh, at I think it was Dexcon one year. He was all passion and totally into it, you know, and and um the guy from Monsters and Other Childish Things was more laid back, you know, he wasn't as what's the word I seek? Um um enthusiastic as Bill White was, which I mean I just loved. But but you know that guy, I and I cannot remember his name sadly. I know Jeff mentioned it in the podcast. I heard it when I edited the podcast. I don't know what it is with my brain, not remembering things. Maybe it's the fact it turned 50. I don't know. But um, anyway, I, you know, he was funny and he just enjoyed all the contributions people made. And there was like no sign of the, of like being possessive of where the story went, that it had to follow some story arc that he had predetermined. I just... He rolled with whatever people threw at him and it could not have been more fun. I think we were up, like, I think we played that game like 10 to 2 or something one night. And I just remember thinking, holy cow, I am so happy we stayed up to play this game because we almost didn't because my older son was with us and he was 16 at the time. And um, I don't remember if he came to that game with us. I'm trying to remember. You know, I don't remember if he came with us or not. But anyway, so we didn't lightly stay out that late normally because we wanted to be back at the hotel room and set a good example and be good parental units, you know. But oh my goodness, I am so glad that we stayed out late to play that game because totally, totally worth it. I, you know, I like kind of off the wall things in the first place. And really, I just found the whole structure of it fun. So if you are looking for something fun and interesting and kind of off the wall to do, I absolutely encourage you to pick up Monsters and Other Childish Things. You know, we even played the Candlewick Manor expansion uh, with some kids at a homeschool club that we ran for a little while. We did this class on storytelling, and as part of that, uh, Jeff brought that in and ran it, and we played, and it was so much fun with the kids. They were all teenagers. Um, like, uh, I think the youngest one was like, 15 or 16. So they were older and it was just a lot of fun. I it, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I'm hoping that Jeff does a review. I, I know he said he was going to do a review of Candlewick Manor and I hope he does because I, I mean, it's just, it was so much fun. 
And I wish I had a better memory. It's at times like this, you know, my brother actually has a near photogenic memory uh, and photogenic goodness. It is getting late tonight. Photographic memory. Sorry about that. And I envy that so much because I do not have a wonderful memory at all. So, you know, if something sticks out enough for me to remember it, it had to be pretty darned good. So anyway, I'm going to stop gushing about that game now, but if you were looking for something fun and off the wall to do, I would encourage you to give monsters and other childish things a try. Thanks, babe, for reminding me how much fun we had. Uh, That was was quite a while ago, Um, but that game uh, still sits on my shelf, and I still have fond memories of it, Uh, and I'm glad to hear that you do too. Love you. So that's it for calls, Uh, but I do have one last thing thinking about uh, this week that I'd love to hear people's thoughts on, and uh, and that is the White Whale campaign or White Whale game, the the thing that you can can never get to the table or that you can never get people to play, uh, that you're you're very interested in or totally enamored with, um, but just never seems the right fit for the group or right fit for the time um, or... It just never seems to happen. I'd love to hear what people, uh, what people's white whale games are, um, and uh, what they've tried, and if they've ever successfully actually managed to run one. For some context, I've been thinking about this because I, I recently saw on my shelf uh, my book of Deliria, uh, Fairy Tales for a New Millennium by Phil Bricato. Uh, which is a game that I picked up, uh, I think, the last time I went to Dragon Con. So that was quite a few years ago. Um, uh, Phil did a lot of writing for White Wolf, and this was the game that he published after, I think, he left White Wolf. And I, I liked some of what I saw in White Wolf, but I really didn't like the the grim darkness aspect of everything. And this game um, seemed to, to want to be a lighter, um, more magical uh, neo-mythic, ordinary people in an extraordinary world, um, magic is present but invisible kind of setting. And I really wanted to always run that, and I've never been able to get that to the table, and I've never even really made complete sense, I think, of the mechanics in the book. Um, so that's kind of my white, white whale game, and someday I think I'll run it, um, but that hasn't happened yet. So let me know if there's something out there that you've been pursuing, uh, chasing, and have never been able to do or get to run right. I'd love to hear about it. So go play something. <laughs>